Welcome to Inside the Ballet, a podcast series presented by Nashville Ballet's Community Engagement Initiative. At Nashville Ballet, we believe in the transformative power of art. Art is and has always been a facilitator for change, bringing about awareness, dialogue, empathy, and much more. Art brings beauty into our lives and makes the world a more hopeful, positive place. In our Inside the Ballet series, Nashville Ballet artists and creative experts will discuss the inspiration behind our upcoming performances, give insight into the creative process, and help listeners gain understanding of poetic, social, and cultural themes surrounding a work. Whether you are looking to increase your ballet IQ or learn more about how a ballet is brought to the stage, join us for Inside the Ballet and be transformed. I was able to catch up with our Associate Artistic Director, Nick Mulligan. Listen as he talks about all things Nashville Ballet and some of his upcoming works. Give it a listen. All right, so we are inside with Nick Mulligan um, as he is here um, putting the finishing touches on 2,192 days. Am I saying it correctly? That's correct. Yes, well, actually, it's restaging the pas de deux. Originally, it was created on the second company last year during the process of creating their digital program because we couldn't have a live audience during the course of it. Um, I previewed the work to our artistic director, Paul Vasterling, and he took a look at it and said, you know, maybe let's not release this just yet, and let's go ahead and have you make that premiere on the company instead. So it's very exciting for me to actually have an audience that's going to be able to see it. Yes, yeah. And the music is by... Uh, Rachmaninoff. It's a vocalist. It's played live actually uh, at Belmont this year. When did you know you were a choreographer? I still don't know that I am a choreographer. I think that um, it was something that I did when I was younger, 18 or 19 years old, and I really left it for a long time. I wasn't entirely comfortable with accessing that part of who I was, but spending time here at Nashville and seeing the work and thinking about it, it started to come to me and I just really wanted to try it in that space with the second company and now obviously with the companies. So it's really been a revelation over the last few years. I think this is my fourth piece or something like that mm-hmm. now that I've created during this period of time. And so it's been a work in progress for me as well. Yeah. Now you said you started creating this um, last year with the second company mm-hmm. and now, you know, you're putting it on, you're setting it on the company. Um, tell us about, you know, creating this work. Tell us about that process. This particular piece is very personal to me. Um, the, the title, 2,192 Days, has to do with a point in my life where I made a decision to make a change in how I live. And um, it came on, well, April 13th, 2015. It was a very conscious moment in my life. Um, and I completed the piece right around April 13th, 2021. Mm. So that's where the 2,192 okay. Days comes from. Um, this piece tackles the, um, this is a very personal story for me. Yeah. My mother passed away uh, about 11 years ago. And during that process of getting to know who she was and everything that we dealt with during that period of time, she dealt with a lot of depression. And in that, um, I was responsible for taking care of a lot of those issues with her. Um, she finally passed away and succumbed to cancer and alcoholism. And when that happened, there was a long process of me trying to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And it was about seven days after her birthday, that's where that April 13th comes in, Mm -hmm. that I realized that some of the relationships that I was having with myself and other 
items in my life was not healthy and it was reflective of the path that I was going down, that she had gone down. Mm. And I was no longer comfortable with that. And I decided to make a change and to really dedicate myself to trying to live each day to its fullest. Nice. So when each day passes by now, I sort of count it. And I look at it as trying to take my life literally one day at a time mm-hmm. and trying to understand what it means to live it to its fullest. So this piece specifically is about the relationship that I had with my mother, the relationship that I then have had in my life afterwards. And so the two characters both are myself, my mother, and the people that I've had personal relationships with. And they're all sort of echoing back and forth. So it's not a love pot de deux. It's really the exploration of who I am in the space and what it is meant to be interacting with a person who maybe isn't the most healthy and how to deal with that. And the inspiration from the title and the reason why I bring up my mother is that um, it came from the band Tool. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're a hardcore rock band. Um, There's a song that they created called 10,000 Days. And that 10,000 Days is a ballad about the lead singer's mother going through a very arduous process of actually passing away. And when my mother was going through everything that she was going through and I was going to school, that was a song that I kept listening to. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of derived the the title and the inspiration from that. Yeah, because when I heard, first off, thank you for sharing that very personal story and inspiration behind your work. When I first heard the title, that's what I wrote down was, um, sounds like this ballet is about stamina. When I especially think of, you know, two dancers only on stage and then 2,192 days, so seven years of taking it one day at a time. Wow, that's a a powerful message for everybody. They've, everybody's got their own version of. And that's why it resonated with me as I think that my story isn't unique, right? We've all had obstacles. We've all had things that we've tried to overcome. We've all yeah. had personal relationships that maybe didn't go the way we wanted them to. We've all had struggles all the way through. And so when you look at what your life is and what you're trying to accomplish for it, you can't make the change you want in five years today, but you can start the process of what you want five years to look like today. And it does. It takes that first step, the hardest, right? That's correct. Yeah. What was it like, um, you know, relaying this story to the dancers? You know, how much of this personal story did you tell to the dancers you were actually working with? It was a challenge for me. Um, like I said, as, as somebody who's re-exploring the space to take on something so personal and so, so difficult for myself, how much did I tell them and how much did I bring to the space with them? And I think initially I didn't tell them the entire thing. I just said, this is a, this is a relationship situation, but it's about conflict. It's and are not, you in a room full of like 20 dancers or you just had your couple I, of couples? We had started with the room, but I sort of boiled it down to, I think about six or eight dancers during the course of that and started to articulate a little bit more each time as we went through the process. And, you know, we talk a lot about vulnerability in the space and trying to find where that authenticity comes from. And I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't authentically share where I was trying to derive the movement from without telling them some element of the story. And they're young dancers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very mature topic. It's a very difficult topic to try and tackle. And so when this was being explained, there was a um, maybe a lack of resonance with the piece. And so trying to identify different spaces inside of their own lives where they had maybe challenging relationships or maybe they felt a certain way about a certain thing or they were talking about detachment or what it meant to overcome obstacles. 
and trying to find different ways to create that sort of connection to the work. What can we see? What else can we expect on this Belmont performance? Well, the great thing is, is that if people missed Attitude, they can see Kitchen Sink again from Val Canaparoli. Um, please don't make me use the, the Italian name right. for I it. I got him to say it. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. So you can tune into Val's podcast yes. for that. Um, but Kitchen Sink will be on the program. And then a brand new work by Matthew Neenan, which we're really excited about, the full premiere of which is going to be in the spring of 2023. But we're starting now with some of that work to get it off the ground. So we're really excited to see him working with our company again. It'll be the first time since the pandemic started that he's with us. Your ballet, Parada, 2,192 days. What did it teach you? Not all my ideas are good. Um, <laughs> so sometimes you have to try some things and let that, let that play out. And then the other part of it that it sort of taught me is to let the artist have some time with it. Let the artist sort of marinate on the on the work that you give them that um, as you're working through your own process choreographically, let it sit for a second. Let it take a day. Let it see how it sort of develops and then watch how that feedback happens and then watch how the work evolves as well and to not be so rigorous and so strained on this is exactly what I want you mm -hmm. to do. This is what you were supposed to do, but rather let the artists and the dancers take it a little bit, make it their own, and then get the feedback from them about what feels good and what doesn't feel good because when you're an individual creating a potida, you have this idea of what's going to work in the space. But then when you start to do the physical manipulation of another individual, sometimes their body can or can't do it, or it can do more. Yeah. And if it can do more and they can, they can challenge what your thought process was or what you assumed the limitations were, it becomes fascinating. And then, then becomes a little bit of give and take inside of that space as much as it can when somebody's going, I'm creating this, and the yeah. person's going, I'm being created upon. Which is why it's so important for you to share. You had to share that story of, yes. you know, and give them something, right? Yeah, because I think otherwise it just becomes steps. Yep. And, you know, your aspiration when you have a, a topic like that is to create this incredible work. But maybe it's not going to be incredible. Maybe it's going to just be okay, but if the artists grab onto the topic and they understand it, there's the chance that they can enhance the space as well and they can enhance the choreography and they can bring their own, again, experiences that maybe don't mirror yours, mm -hmm. but their own. And they take that step and they turn it into something else. And you go, that's not what I was after, but I like it better as part of the construction yeah. of the work. And let's roll with it. Let's let it go and let's let it see how it sort of plays out. And then when you add the, the duality of the partnership, yes, then it's well, I need to be lifted this way. I need to be moved this way. I need to be on my leg this way. This is what I'm trying to do. Or this is the timing and this is the musicality that I'm hearing. Or how do you yes. work inside of those limitations as well? It's so, so much. I feel like I'm a better everything as a result of creating work. Because so much too, as a choreographer, you're at the front of the room, you're you know teaching steps, but like you said, that hey, giving them that time to figure it out. So a lot of your time too is stepping out of it and letting those dancers, you see them communicating when I'm watching in the studios, I see them talking while you're just kind of standing and observing and they're sharing exactly what you just said. So, yeah, I think that part of it's really, it really, really key. And especially for the second company right there, there's the exploration of voices. They're trying to find who they are, just like I'm trying to find what the work is going to be. Mm -hmm. So there's that joint opportunity for us to sort of explore together without any expectations. And I think that's what, you know, I've joked with friends, like it's a safe space to work because yeah. there's not the expectation of perfection. There's the expectation of growth. Yeah. And when there's that, then everybody's a little bit more free to try yeah. rather than worrying about 
being perfect. Yeah, we like to say it's like, you know, come watch us play when I'm in the studio. It's like, no, we're, we're playing in here. We're figuring it out, you know. Is there anything that you would like the audience to know that I did not ask about? The last thing that I would say about my work specifically is I just hope somebody can take something from it. You know, again, we can talk about intention from the creation standpoint of it, but really what my hope would be is that somebody somewhere walks away going, you know what, I want to make a change in my life or I want to, mm-hmm. I want to take a step forward and I've been reticent or I've been hesitant to do it and I didn't know if I could. And I would just echo that we all have been reticent and hesitant mm-hmm. and wondered if we could. Mm-hmm. And truly you can't, you can't get to your five years without taking day one. Wow. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for joining us for this latest installment of Nashville Ballet's podcast series, Inside the Ballet. To learn more about our performances, virtual season releases, community engagement initiative, and more, visit NashvilleBallet.com. <laughs>